The gay sex is the hardest part. Sucking on dings, licking on nards. No women around does rock real hard. The gay sex is the hardest part. Well, well, welcome to another death metal. Once the pandemic's over, it's all boys. Sorry, girls, you gotta go. We got mean systems. <laughs> Sloppy tits. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, you gotta go, man. Women, no. We love you, women. However, just imagine what the world would be like if it was just the boys. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'd be so bad. Dude, just the boys, man, re- relaxing all the time. Relaxing. You know? Relaxing. No problems. Relaxing. No yeah. problems, dude. Problem free. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. I don't know, man. Gay dudes, like an actual gay dude is a problem. Yeah. They like to argue. You think so? I've seen it. What if there's no women around? <clears throat> there's, I mean, I worked at a gay bar. There weren't very many women around. <clears throat> if they were, they weren't around men. They were around other women. <laughs> dude, that burp smells so bad. Yeah, What's happening with that, dude? I don't know. I've that been... was one of those ones that you could feel it in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. complained about our burps. Yeah, burps and politics. That rules, dude. It's like, we're not even political. Yeah, weird. I should yeah. never, I never salute the good reviews. No. And that was five stars, so whatever. Yeah, say whatever you want. At least you weren't a douche. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that though. I should never even look. I just look. There was like five good ones, and I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then I saw that, and I was like, politics, dude. Who? But now they're probably stoked we're bringing it up. So yeah, you can me. you can uh, help yourself. You see something negative, you gotta go. It's true. Well, I was just thinking, like, what? I don't. I don't. I'm not political. Yeah, I mean, it's like we talk about things well, yeah, well, that are be, political. Maybe, we might be Alex Jones. And, yeah, dude, we're just current times. Trying to be relevant. Well, we just don't even but care. Here's the political shit I care about. It's the Unabomber. That's right, we're back. Listen, guys, I'm sorry. I know the audio is not great. I ordered a Zoom recorder just to catch you up if you missed the Patreon one, if you if you decided to shuffle through that. You shouldn't have. But anyway, uh, yeah, Brian got some health stuff going on. He's completely quarantined. We can't go over to where we normally record at. So we're stuck in my fucking truck. And audio-wise, there's a pretty easy solution. We're going to have no video for a minute. None. Audio-wise, there's a pretty easy fucking solution which is to get a Zoom recorder. Sure. It's a portable... Sh- I bought it. But the problem is, I got it on Amazon, and what's funny is, like, it was in stock. Didn't say a goddamn word about, hey, just so you know, Amazon is only handling essential goods from now on. Yeah, you can... You can, uh, you can email them or call them and tell them what's going on, and they'll just refund it. But I'm sure you could just... Like get it well, they offered else. a refund, but they said it was. It's, I mean, I'm hoping it'll be here next week. I've got a discount thing for Sam Ash, actually, dude. You can buy one of those on there. But they're not going to send shit either because they're closed. Guitar Center's closed. You can't buy shit from Guitar Center online. Really? Yeah, swear to God. Huh. It's fucked right well, now. Well, Sam Ash is in New York, so. It's closed, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, hell yeah. Fuck all this shit, dude. Pandemic time is over. You want an escape from the world, I bet. Let's go back to when there was cool 
man-made disasters like the fucking Unabomber's Trail of Violence. Now, there was a week in between, so just, if you did listen to, I'm sure you listened to the first one, but if you need a little refresher, Ted Kaczynski, my man's gone off the rails. He was a great student. They fucked his whole brain up by giving him acid, telling him his mom hates him, flashing lights in his eyeballs, dude. It's like... Imagine if you just want to go be mellow at a festival, right? You're there to see fish or the Grateful Dead. Ugh. And then all of a sudden, it's just anal cunt. I would love that. More than anything, well, I would you, love but, that. You, but that's the thing, is that if you didn't want that, if that's the last thing you wanted to happen, right? True. It would fuck you up. Yeah. That's the problem here yeah. within, is that they fucked his ass up, dude. They didn't let him have a good time. No. They didn't suck his dick. Mm-mm. You ever gotten hell on acid? It's yes. Certified Nance. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like a fucking it's straight neeners, dude. Yeah, neeners and your wieners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. You just had to think like, wow, man. <laughs> this yeah. is what you could really. The lights are bright. Just use suck a mouth. my dick. Yeah, you can just use a mouth to do all this. Yeah, man. Thank God. Yeah. Speaking of using crude implements, that's what he did. He checked out society, he went and made a shack in the woods, and he started mailing people primitive bombs, all made out of wood. Not not all the components. All the components were made out of stolen car parts from his area, which fucking rocks. It's pretty tight. Fucking A, dude. Yeah. Uh, on that Netflix documentary, my favorite part of the whole thing, most of that shit was all things that you've heard about the Unabomber before, except they had interviews that he did with like the fucking vegan Earth First magazine anarcho shit yeah you hadn't heard those before pretty cool to hear him describe himself except as with everything he's way nerdier more annoying than you want him to be sure he should just shut the fuck up but you can see how long-winded his manifesto was i guess there's just no way it's like obviously the guy's not a hero we shouldn't i painted him like that and i mean it's just like he could be a good revolutionary figure, but like anything, like he didn't even have anything positive going on, right? He had no following to speak of. He he didn't have like he wasn't what you would call successful. If I think of something like a cult or a, a political movement or a resistance, he wasn't successful. But the way his ego already was was a big problem to me. Yeah, listening to him talk about himself, very annoying, very conceited. I mean, I don't know what I would expect him to be like, but really rubbed me the wrong way in some of those. Not the wrong way. That's a, that's a dumb way to say it. That's a cliche thing. It's just he was way too hyped on himself. Yeah. But, and I guess part of that could be attributed to he's basically a complete loner off yeah. in the woods. Dude. Self-isolation. I mean, that's who you spend the most time with. That's who you base right. your, your whole everything life you. off of. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but what did rock is when that girl was like, I used to hear... I used to hear someone rattling around in the, in the cars by our window, and I knew it. And I would call my parents, and I would tell them, I hear somebody digging around out there. And they'd be like, no, 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 it's nobody, it's nothing, just go back to sleep. Sure enough, it was old Teddy K, dude, just rummaging for car parts. That's so funny. I was like, no, there's no boogeyman. He's harmless. He's not going to hurt a kid. Yeah. He's just rummaging. Oh, Teddy. But yeah, dude, just picked, picked car parts and shit from used cars and shit in the area. Just being the fucking coolest scientist of all time. Um, and yeah, he mailed out primitive bombs. He started blowing people up. Got away for a long fucking time. The first mail bomb 
was directed to a guy named Buckley Christ. He was a professor of materials engineering at, at Northwest University, which is, you know, located in Chicago. Um, that guy's last name, Buddy Buckley Christ. Buddy Christ would be very funny. Oh, that's a dogma. Buddy yeah. Christ, where the, the Jesus points. But, dude, there's a Christian comic named John Christ. And, like, I met him before, and Sam Talent met him before. And we were talking about, like, because he, he, like, is very openly, like, a straight poon hound. Like, he, he loves to fuck. Talk, he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, but continuously talks about fucking in inappropriate situations, and he went down for it. Hell yeah. Named John Christ, C-R-I-C, no H, C-R-I-S-T. Went down, actually pretty fucking funny for, like, what he's doing. Yeah. But went down for it, dude. Like, had a Netflix special coming out. And he's huge. I mean, he was selling out. This is the problem with doing Christian comedy. You got to keep it. Or doing Christian anything, I guess. If you're not living pure and clean and you get caught up. Are you listening? Yeah, I'm listening. You get caught up. You're going down, dude. Sure. You're taking them all with you. Because he was like selling out. And the thing about being a Christian artist, dude, is you have a a completely self-built-in audience that you do not have to work for. Because it's like, how many people can go to a huge church with entertainment, like bands and comedians and shit? Not a lot. You know what I'm saying? So he was just going around at rock and full fucking churches, charging 30 bucks a ticket, dude, filling up like 500 seat churches for two shows. Well, that's the thing about that shit is that there's a circuit, though. It's like in that right. circuit, those people know those people. You, you yeah. hear it in the. But like, he was out there fucking, though, at yeah. churches and shit. Like pulling poon at churches. Oh, hell that's yeah. gonna catch up to you, you know. Yeah, and he went down faster than the Lord. You just gotta deny it. Yeah, dude, you gotta go full Peter. Yeah, quit it. You gotta say, Mm-mm, I don't know that motherfucker. Yeah, I don't do that. I love that shit. That's yeah. one of that's one of my favorite parts of the Bible when Jesus was like, Peter's like, I'll love you, and I'll tell everyone about you, and Jesus is like, You're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. He's like, no, I would never do that. And then as soon as the Roman soldiers showed up, they're like, you know this motherfucker, Jesus? He's like, dude, no, absolutely not. Sounds gay. So Jesus, that shit sounds gay, dude. Yeah, gee, yeah, it is gay. <laughs> That's true. But uh, yeah, just what a bitch, dude. You got to go down for God. There's that preacher right now. I'm so, I don't want to sidetrack too much, but there's that preacher right now in uh, Florida that got arrested because he wouldn't. He, he refused to not. They told him, do not have church service. He refused to listen. And so they arrested him. Yeah. And in the sermon that was recorded, he was like, there's no problem. I won't be in trouble. It's, number one, my First Amendment to have freedom of religion. And my First Amendment to to meet up freely. And my First Amendment to, to practice free speech. And they won't stop me. They arrested his ass, dude. Yeah. That's what he gets. And then the dude, he got so roasted because the sheriff was like, this has nothing to do with faith. I've got no personal problem with the guy except that he's endangering hundreds of lives. Sure. By refusing to comply. Yeah. We don't want people to not worship the God of their choice, but we cannot have hundreds of people meet up at the same place right now. You know what? Did you see what happened at St. Vincent's the hospital here? No. So all these fucking Christians uh, came and there was a shitload of them. Of course. And to show support, they all stayed in their car to pray, but they all turned on their emergency lights. 
And then people were blasting like loud ass Christian music. It was like, uh, dude, it's a church yeah. meetup to pray. And then also it's like, okay, so if I have an emergency, I can't really go park anywhere because you guys are taking about, there was a shitload of people. It was fucking crazy. Dude, it's all being a Christian is about is just showing your fucking face. For like, you have to prove to people continuously, like, "Oh, I'm doing this for the Lord." Yeah, I'm. Look at me, but I'm selfless. Yeah, it's bananas. Disgusting. Kaczynski hated that too. That's another beautiful part of his manifesto. Absolutely, one hundred percent anti the Lord. I wanted all the people that wore ghost t-shirts to be like, I'm a Satanist. Then they come up there and honk their horns. Yeah. Horn know? on horn bell. Like yeah. no, no contact Christ argument. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That'd be so good, man. Would it? Hell yeah. Dude. You you, sure? Cause I hate, I don't like the way. Cause the thing, like what, there's definitely people breathing on people at that for sure. In cars? You got, they got the window like rolled down. projector? They gotta be, man. They're speaking all loud and shit. So you know the projection of spit's got to be great. And then you just wipe out that crowd and that crowd together. Oh, yeah, true. That'd be so good, man. Take them all, bro. Speaking of taking them all, yeah. Not, this was, and this, this is way back. A lot of people, I don't think, realize how long the Unabomber lasted for. This is first bomb that he mailed was May 25th, 1978. Again, remember, it's caught in the 90s. A package bearing Christ's return address was found in a parking lot at the University of Illinois in Chicago. The package was returned to Christ, who was suspicious because he had not sent the package. So he contacted campus police. Which, dude, in the 70s, what type of weird shit are you calling the cops because you had a package returned that you didn't send? I wouldn't even do that. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I'd take a look into it. It's smart, though. Yeah, but weird. Yeah. Like, what's your brain working like? Smart. Yeah, he is a professor. You're right. That's why I'll never be anything, because I don't think like that, you know? Yeah, you just, uh, you know, I'd probably do that a bit. Yeah, I'm going to put this outside. For way the fuck over in my neighbor's yard. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I'm paranoid, though. Uh, I'm not at all. I will get paranoid. I don't like shit like that. Every time I've always been worried about shit, it just never happens. If a box just shows up to you, like, you're like, I definitely didn't mail anything. I want. I'd be like, damn, what kind of wild? Is there a head? I want to want to know. I'd be too curious. I get so excited when I'd I get be too a, curious when I get a package in the mail, like yeah. a, like an actual one. It's still kind of like Christmas time shit. For you get me. jazz, dude. Yeah, even if I like get, get a shirt or some shit like or a record circles and shit, and I see it, I'm like, oh, this is tight. <laughs> but if it's like this is returned, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's returned out to my neighbor's yard. Hell yeah, your neighbor sucks. Yeah, I'm gonna blow him up. <laughs> you should, dude. Go ahead. Nah. It's Armageddon time, bro. He's a, the worst, man. Anyway, so check this shit out. So here's the deal, too, is the cops, instead of being like, yeah, let's investigate this shit. Let's just see what happens. Nah, dude, Officer Terry Marker, just a regular cop, opens the package, exploded, and fucking blew his left hand off. Sorry, well, you don't check that shit. Yeah, well, but you don't know. That's the whole deal, dude. This hadn't happened before. Yeah. So, uh, Ted Kaczynski had returned to Illinois for the May 1978 bombing. He stayed there for a little while to work with his father and brother at a foam rubber factory. He did have to get his money back up a little bit. 
And what's weird is like his parents were pretty well off, so I don't know what the fuck was going he on. He used some they, rub, rubber and explosives, so that makes sense. Yeah, I think he was getting his money up though because like his brother, I guess it was like a family company because his brother was basically a supervisor there. You know what I'm saying? Sure. He got fired by his brother in August. So he worked there for May, June, July. And the reason is because he was writing insulting limericks about a female supervisor. And this says he briefly, and it's so, I always salute to Andy for doing the research. This says he barely courted her. Dude, less than that. He like went out with her one time and she didn't want to fuck. And he was like, what's the fucking deal? So he was probably just writing like, there's a slut that's a supervisor. She shan't let me inside her. I showed her my pubes and bought some lube. But now, my cum, I can't provide her. Yeah. Just shit like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Writing yeah. them, putting them up, being like, there's a tacky cunt in the office. <laughs> She's got a smell from her armpits. The cunt is so good, dude. Cunt, oh, yeah, cunt's a stinger, dude. I don't know. I don't get why it is, but it is funny, man. It's just a funny word, dude. It doesn't matter what cunt, cunt. means. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. It's just one of those words, dude. No matter what it meant, it would be hilarious. By you remember I used to get on to me for saying cut. I'm like, <laughs> you get mad about me. Don't say that. I was just joking. Yeah, yeah, but cunt's good. It used to be funny. It, it makes it funnier when you're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, sure. That's everything we talk about. Well, you know, dude, in the beginning... I was just real worried about, like, you know, attracting the wrong crowd, but I kind of like the wrong crowd. <laughs> I did too, <laughs> okay. man. It wasn't even the wrong crowd. It was just, like, people are so hypersensitive about shit, and I didn't want to get, like, run out before we even got something going. But Hey, you know what? You don't know when you first start. In this time in this time period, I don't think it even matters. Like, you were like, body positive. Nobody gives a shit about oh, that Oh, it's now. all over. We can say the N-word right now. Yeah, because, like, think about it, dude. Like, if, you, if shit went down, you're not going to your fat fucking girlfriend's house to save the world. Dude, did you see the fucking video of uh, Joe Exotic that they found, like, this week going off about the N-word? Oh, yeah. Damn, dude, that shit killed me. He's like, hey. It's just like, dude, here's the thing with, like, methamphetamine and shit. Mm-hmm. And the, number one, this is a giant white person problem. It's, you know, it's giant everywhere now. Hold, well, no, not, not, I'm not talking about meth. Like, no. a giant, the, this argument, there's never, I've never heard anybody make this argument before, but I hear, like, hypotheticals about this argument. But no, of course there's people actually like that, like Joe fucking Exotic getting hyped about meth and being like, hey. Joe Exotic here. I got a question for you. Why can't I say the N-word? I put on rap music. They're all saying the N-word to each other. Why can't I say the N-word? Like, do you really wonder? And why do you wonder? Man, I mean, like... Do you want to say it? I don't understand where the want comes from. I mean, you know, he could have been like a... A guitarist and fucking... uh, What's that boy's name? Oh, super freak. Super, oh, Rick James? Yeah, he could have been like a guitarist. Oh, for sure he could He looks just like some motherfucker that would do that. He just, you know, like, like again, I was just amazed because I've seen shit before where, like, someone has screenshotted an old person that's like, why can't I say the N-word? They say it in rap music all the time. I've And I never believed it was real because you know how the internet is, dude. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. just make shit up to be like, I got an argument with this motherfucker, and they'll just, you know, yeah. fucking Photoshop some shit. However, no, he legit made the argument. 
that Joe Exotic is on some, he's on some exotic shit, dude. Truly exotic. Like you shit. mean he proved a point? No, he didn't prove a point. The okay, point, okay. The point he proved <laughs> is that people really do think that way. That yeah, was surprising. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I was saying. Like, I, was like, I can't like, believe. No, no, like, no, 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 <laughs> no, dude. No, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, dude. They do say it to each other in rap, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Now the point he proved was like, yeah, old people do think like that. They're like, I want to say it. They can say it, but I can't. Why is that? They shouldn't have something I can't have. That is ridiculous. Well, why can they have something that you made up as a white person? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> take it back, dude. Yeah, that, that's a, that's the argument you gotta have, right? You know there. what we're good at is taking things from y'all, so we'll do it again. Yeah, see, we we created it and y'all took it, and that's the one thing y'all took from us is y'all called each other that, and now it's mine again. People well, really think like that. I dude. know, dude. I guarantee those dudes you're talking about that like make videos in a trailer are like, that's the white man's word. Oh. One hundred percent, dude. He's like, now y'all, y'all know that's a white man's word now. Oh, I've been God. doing drywall all day, and I'm tired. But I got when I, I've been thinking about when I've been doing drywall. How come my granddaddy and then made up this word, and now y'all say this word, but I can't. No, yeah, that ain't right. Y'all tell me what y'all think. Facebook Live, dude. Facebook Live has got to go. It's got to go. It's got to go, dude. It can't be around anymore. It can't be around. Cannot be around. In the apocalypse, dude, we have to remove that feature. You know, the only time I've ever seen something on Facebook Live, I was like, this is awesome. Willie Nelson hitting it up live, man. I'm smoking a fat one. It's me and Snoop. Well, he just here. did a live concert, dude. Oh. You know? It's like, that's fine. How about I say the N-word? I don't think he would. No, dude, of course not. He's a good person. Hey, he writes some good music, though, dude. Is that true? Willie Nelson? Yeah. Man, like, you know, you want to listen to some outlaw shit, but the thing is with him is, like, if you want to do some little dancing, you know, around the house. Whenever, I don't. I know you don't. You ain't a slow dancer. No. You, you're a slow fuck. Not really. And your brain ain't in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> in my brain and in my bed. Hey, he writes some good-ass love songs. Yeah, that's man. true. He does. That's true. Yeah, but listen, back to the Unibomber. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to chop through this shit before the fucking battery gets all weird. And also, you know, just to have congruent content. Because I'm sure, look, man, I get, who knows, man. Who, I don't know how long y'all are cooped up for. I'm going to try this, but I'm oh, not. This. Damn it. There we go. I bet that sounds better. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry about the mechanical wine. I just had the computer plugged in the whole time. All right, folks, here we go. He gets fired from the rubber factory from calling somebody a cunt. And it, the thing is, is he's like writing poems and putting them up all around the office, right? Which is hilarious. That's pretty good. It rocks. I mean, it's wrong. Shouldn't make a woman feel uncomfortable just because she doesn't want to fuck you. You know, here's the, also the problem with Ted is that the pictures you see of him where he's clean cut, he's a handsome guy. Yeah. He looks fine. It's just he's it's too ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, number one, he's already socially awkward. Number two, they fried his fucking brain. He ain't fucking, dude. It's just not going to happen. There's no way he could put it all together. So it's you're on a date with him. He's probably just like, yeah, you know, the relativity of quantum physics where you could enumerate the fractions and he's Polish though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like he's, he's basically like a, a cold Jew. 
cold Jew? Yeah, because Jews don't get cold, man. What do you mean? There's like a warm. You know, is Germany pretty warm? I mean, it got real hot for the Jews in Germany. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Isn't like Poland cold as fuck? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's got the, seasons, I'm sure. They're the same. Okay. Except one likes a pork and one doubt. Yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> Were you trying to like... I mean, that's what I'm saying. You said the roots are not to like. Hit a joke on it. No, I'm saying, dude, there's a lot not to like. He's ridiculous. You can't talk to that dude. Yeah. That's a pretty... You, if you had to be... You have to be able to converse with people most of the time to be able to fuck them. There was no Tinder. You had to go out on a date and, like, connect. Well, you I mean, even if you're not Tinder, I'm sure if you go to somebody's house, there's got to be, like... There's no way it's just, like, come fuck me. That happens. Yeah, when you're gay, though. That's the thing. Damn it, they've got it all. They do, man. They've got it all. That's the hot stuff. They got it all. That you want a woman to do is just they got like, it all. come in here and stuff me and leave. Yeah. They don't want to talk to you. Just fuck me. They, yeah. Dude, Shut they, up. Get out of my house. Yeah. They don't do that. Yeah. Pee in my ass. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm uh, trying, dude. Don't even come in here and talk to me. That This is all I want you to do. Piss they just in my type ass. it up. Piss in my ass. Yeah. And fuck my mouth or whatever. Beat me up. Yeah. And then leave. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what gay guys got going on. Damn, we got fucked. I hate all this fucking, you know, where gays act like they got the short in the stick. Wrong, dude, wrong. 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 Dead fucking Beyond wrong. wrong. Was something pitter-patter, man? That fucking cat, dude. Dude, I got freaked out earlier because I was peeing, and I thought that raccoon came about. Yeah, it was a cat. It was behind me, and I was like, man, don't call me. Because <laughs> you can't, you know, like, even if somebody, the stream. if there's a drive-by shooting, there's no mid, like, you can't just stop pissing. I haven't seen that raccoon, dude, since. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's not gonna. He's just not gonna fuck, dude. So he's basically going doing some incel shit, of course, writing poems. And what's funny is his brother is like, "Hey, man, if you write these poems again, I'm gonna fire you." And Ted's like, "You're not gonna fire me. You're my brother." He's like, "I have to. If I don't fire you, I'll get fired. You're gonna have to go." So of course he comes to work the next day and he's like. Her puss smells like balloons. I'm tired of her poon. I hope she's set on fire like the Jews in a song by Death in June. Wow. Yep. And here's the thing. I'm just trying to riff fucking poems. What sucks is that, like, I don't even, uh, I mean, there's no argument here. Death in June's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That guy's, he's gay. He's not racist. He just uses the, the, he he uses no-no symbols. Man. Yeah. And if a balloon pussy smell, <laughs> that's a clean one, man. I'm just riffing poems, dude. We don't have to examine them. No, I mean, but that's clean, though. Yeah, sure. Balloon. That's just. I'm just saying, he, he's talking bad about her as he gets fucking fired. And, uh, you know, the lady said that he was intelligent and quiet when she was interviewed after all this. But uh, she remembered just a little bit of their acquaintance. And she said they had no romantic relationship, which is probably true. Because that's the thing, dude, is if he was like, hey, let's go fucking hang out. And she was like, yeah, okay. He was like, this is my first date. And she was like, I'm just hanging out. Yeah. You know, that's incel shit, bro. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he got fired. But let's make this argument. Sure. Would you let your wife hang out with another man? Oh, no, dude. I mean, there's no let. It wouldn't even come up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But if she was like, my best friend's this just straight guy. I'm going to go hang out with him. Well, she knew him and shit. But he, like, took it as a first date. 
Well, then it wouldn't be your best friend. Exactly. But if a woman goes and hangs out with a man by themselves. I'm not catching what you're putting down. Oh, yeah, you are, because you think like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you ain't going to trap me. I don't give a shit. Go hang out with another man. That's how I am. Are you sure? I don't give a fuck. Something happens, bye. If I find out. Yeah. That you really smell like trout. Well, for argument's sake, here's the deal. I'm a man. Yeah. And I know how I am, dude. Yeah, if you're hanging out with a woman by yourself, what I mean, like, oh, like I'd never have, and I never really would. But the thing is, is like, even if it's not like a very attractive woman, you're still trying to fuck her. Well, and here's here's the here's the case I want to present. Listen, where the box you're trying to put me in is a very no, no, no. I'm just trying to put everybody in a box. Well, the box. Look, dude. Here's the thing is about culture we're in now is people don't admit this shit anymore, and they don't talk about the reality situations because it's like, oh, you're a misogynist if you think that every woman and every man are just out trying to fuck. Well, that's you know, number one, you should be, I guess, trying to get your rocks off unless you're married or whatever. But my point is this: here's a test you got to give yourself, and this is not some anti-woman bullshit. I promise you. I promise you. This is a really anti-man bullshit. This is a man. This is a complete man problem, fellas. Listen, you know we're team. We're all about the boys, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to spill your beans because we do have a lot of women listeners, but they probably get it. But also, sometimes, dude, in my experience, a lot of women are very naive to this fact, yeah. which is crazy considering how many people you've been around. But it's not so much even that the dude is trying to fuck a woman, right? Or trying trying to trying to make a connection happen. But the thing is, is if the opportunity was there, they would do it. Absolutely. My thing is this. Absolutely. Every time. That's what every dude is. So it's like, if, so it's like, number one, this doesn't come up really for me. I mean, in different implementations, but there's never been a dude. So I can't like personally look back and be like, no, there's like, you're not going to just go out with this guy. Um, But the, the point is like, they, I feel like even my wife does, like, I can only speak from personal experience, I guess. So, I, like, she doesn't understand that. Yeah. She's like, uh, I can't, I'm trying to think of a time we've particularly discussed it. But I just know that for a fact. Yeah. When an ex I had used to hate the shit because she did have a bunch of dude friends. And I'm like, what you don't know is that if, if, if you, like, if there was a way to fuck you, they would do it no matter any, for they sure. would do anything to do it. If you were like, listen... If you would take a shard of glass and shove it in your dick hole right now, I'll have sex with you. They'll do it. My my thing is this is the people, that the, especially women that make the argument of like that, also believe in science. They're yeah. like, oh, you know, well, he's just my friend. It's like, well, you believe in science, right? Yeah. Okay. So then uh, fucking, that was way worse than the cat. I, I hate that cat, dude. But uh, it's just sitting there meowing. The thing is, is fucking science. So it's like. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, if I hang out with a guy, it's just, it doesn't mean anything, but it's like, okay, well, science says, like, yeah, you want to reproduce every time you're out. That's science. You just want to fuck. And. Well, I don't even think it's the woman, dude. No, it's the guy. Right. And that's where, that's where the, that is where the social line gets drawn because then, you know, women think like, oh, he doesn't trust me. It's not you. Yeah. And like. Guys are, I, I, I don't want, you don't want, 
Like, ladies, you should be the same way, and I bet you are, deep down. You should not want your guy hanging out with a girl by themselves. No. I because mean, the thing yeah. is, is like, it doesn't matter who you are. It's just the thoughts that it go comes, through people's brains. Yeah, it comes down to trust, too, to a great degree. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've well, helped do out, you want? I've helped, I've helped out several women that are just friends and then just fucking left it at that and left, you know. That does happen. But, yeah, but would anybody want their significant other? It's not a, and it's not a, uh, fuck but, it. but it's we're, science. We're making it's a, science. Yeah, right. It's I'm making, I'm doing the bad. case bad. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But you get the point. Yeah. I just, you don't want someone in the same room thinking about fucking your partner. I don't no. think. Swingers, no. swingers do, you know? Yeah, but yeah, even then, but if, like if they're a single dude and you're hanging out with a single dude, he's thinking about one thing. Yeah, at some point. How could I get? It's fucked? coming up. Yeah, dude, for sure. You know, unless there's something wrong with them. Man, what a fucking world. This is why Ted snaps, dude. Shit like this. Like he, he, but he never even had a relationship. What are you like hanging out with a man? Or he's like born a man, but then he's like, I'm a woman. And then like you go hang. Like, no, he thinks of himself as a woman. It's like, well, that's crazy because every time I see like a trans woman. Like a trains, like they switch over. They're always fucking chicks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like dude, like they they still want to fuck you. Yeah, that's a great move, dude. It is. Yeah, you really have it's it all. I, it's ideal, man. Yeah. It's like Tiger's a myth, dude. Damn, that's the one. Yeah, you kind of like because the thing tiger. is also two girls are trying to fuck your wife too. Like, Definitely, it, that's the way. It, yeah, man, it's the way it plays out. It's everybody's wife. Damn. It's weird, man. Everybody just hypersexualized. Revenge on society, dude. That's what we gotta take. Yeah, man. I, the older I get, and the more I've been through that shit and seen that shit, it just drives you away, man. You just don't want to trust people and shit. It's just people are so weird. Like, why? And I, you know, also some everyone feels a different way. I've never personally, and you gotta think that Ted is like. Here's the problem with virgins and shit, like Ted, that can't get laid. He's in his 20s. He should, by all means, be fucking. But his and this just goes to the character. Like, if you don't think that sexual shit led to where he was at, you're a buffoon. And they never address that. But you got to think about how much pent-up frustration the guy has. Sure. It's a fucking factor, 100%. Like, sure, he doesn't know what he's missing. But, dude, there is something inside you that's like, I have to fuck now. And he's not able to make that happen. It's eating at him. It's tearing at him. Even if he's been able to get that out of his mind, there's still a hormonal imbalance there that's got to be eating away at him. But he's getting those same type of things, dude. And this is what happens. Is is that what led down this conversation path? Is if you hang out with him, he thinks it's a fucking date. He thinks y'all are about to get married because he's never had a relationship to sure. speak of. So that's where his mind's at. So that's why he's willing to push it so far and losing his fucking shit over hanging out with a girl one time and thinking that they're about to get married. So when it doesn't happen, he's like, oh, fuck this bitch. I'm going to go nuclear and ruin the fucking job that I've barely had. Number one, he also doesn't want to work, but he needs things. He needs money. He went home when he, when he blew this bomb up and his parents were like, hey, man, it's, it's, and his brother's really pushing him to it too. We can't support you all the time. We're paying for your whole lifestyle. Like, when are you going to get your shit together? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll come and work at the rubber factory. And then this fucking sends him off again, right? And the the 
first 1978 bombing, the, the first one he did, those were immediately followed by bombs sent to airline officials. And in 1979, a bomb was placed in the cargo hold of an American Airlines flight, number 444, and a Boeing 727 flight from Chicago to Washington, D.C. A faulting timing mechanism prevented the bomb from exploding. But it released smoke, which forced the plane to do an emergency landing. Authorities said the bomb, which didn't detonate, had enough power to obliterate the plane had it exploded. Bombing an airliner, of course, is a federal fucking crime. That gets the FBI involved, and they designated the case Unibomb, University and Airline Bomber. We talked about that in the first episode. That's where the term comes from. So that early on, in the 70s, is when they came up with Unibomb. Ted left false clues inside of every bomb. He was thinking that far ahead. And that made them hard. <clears throat> he made them hard to find to make them like a believable clue. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it was like... It made them hard. Yeah. It made them rock hard to find it. But he knew, basically, that he was dealing with high-level intelligence officials... So he would bury clues in there that you wouldn't just open it and see it. You'd have to dig through components and start noticing things that matched, you see? And the first clue that he put in was a metal plate with the initials F-C hidden inside all the bombs, usually at the pipe into the cap. In every bomb, another clue included a note in the bomb that did not detonate. So... If the bomb didn't go off, you would find the note. If it did go off, you wouldn't find the note because it would blow it the fuck up, hey. which is pretty funny because he would send you like, woo, it works. I told you it would. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Another clue. I would be so great if he's a juggalo. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I well, mean, he very well could have been, you know? Yeah. It's not like, and then that's where he would have found acceptance. That's really a lot of what, a lot of, what would have made him not do this if he just would have found something, but he never had anything to belong to. So his own thoughts got more radical and he just believed in himself so much that he fell into everything that he thought. Yeah. And you get wrapped up in that and it could happen to anybody. I mean, I've gone on like small crazy things before where I'm in a fucking weird place and then I just keep chasing down certain thoughts and I end up you know in a fucking rabbit hole of a mess I've made for myself six months down the road it's like where did this begin this happens to me all the time yeah it's a you know but it's it's like you gotta have like a healthy understanding like okay this is what this is and sometimes that's positive you know it's like you learn about yourself in those kind of situations I feel like it's also like you know it's the same thing as if you wanted to start a healthy hobby right yeah or you wanted to do you wanted to like change the way you diet like you you have to force yourself to think a certain way to behave a certain way it's just that the same type of instinct that you would use to conquer yourself you can do that to your detriment, you know, your rationale could say, man, it sucks to live in the wilderness and make bombs. I could probably live in a city and like get into lo-fi punk and write a zine and have as much impact as I have now. Sure. However, 
the more you get wrapped up in your own mania and there's no one around to check you. That's a lot of the, of people too, is that your friends or strangers will check you. You know, it's like, if I see someone doing something stupid and I'm like, Hey man, cut that shit out. Something that could be saving a motherfucker's life. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. But you got somebody like me that knows that and then just goes, well, don't want to save my life or don't want to make my friend mad. Oh, you want to make me mad for sure. You I love it. <laughs> it's so good. It's my favorite comedy. I don't get mad at you that much, dude. Yeah. I get irritated or mm-hmm. stressed or annoyed, stressed yeah. out, but I'm pretty good at vocalizing it to you and not just blowing up. Yeah, yeah, I just tell people my favorite thing is whenever we had that old fucking skimboard slide thing and you was trying to hit yeah. that shit and you yeah. just kept fucking <laughs> yeah. home alone falling, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I just that is the funniest thing I've ever. I seen. don't even really remember it, dude. I I remember it. <laughs> so, I love it. What's it, a home alone fall like? Full like like you like you try to like yeah <laughs> you try to like fucking like jump on the skimboard yeah you just got one foot on and yeah. then that foot went up in the air and that's yeah. the only foot that went up in the air yeah and then you look, <laughs> it's like oh he's gonna backflip no 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 uh, no definitely not doing yeah. that and then you're, you because you don't quit you know so you yeah. just gotta keep going and you were to be good as fuck at this shit and it just wasn't <laughs> happening man and, yeah. I, and I remember just like fucking falling on the ground laughing so goddamn yeah. hard dude. like you were like fuck oh you better get up on that board again and try man and you're just like I'm going to god damn it and you just do it and just yeah. keep going I love it that's the thing I live for man and I haven't been in that situation in a while and I want when this is all over that's what I want, man. I want us to try new things as a friend <laughs> that dude, you can't try do. Try new things as friends, man. That's a lot of shit, dude. <laughs> that's plenty. That's plenty, dude. Yeah. Plenty of things I can't fucking do, like build bombs, dude. Maybe that's what we could do, you know? Oh yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll probably kidding, cry. FBI. You'd blow your face <laughs> yeah. off. Um, skull faced. <laughs> dude, did you see that guy who got his face ripped off by a grizzly? Nope. Oh my fucking god! I'm sure you can just Google guy with face ripped. Dude, this guy got attacked by a grizzly bear. I guess he killed it because it's there. The, the, it was like an Instagram story. This dude fucking kills a grizzly bear. They show the dead bear with a gun next to it, next to a snowmobile. Dude, when I'm telling you, he had his whole face. I literally his whole face, all of it. Yeah, it's just meat, just bloody. Meat and he's talking, you know, there's no lips and shit. But he's like, I'm not bad, it's coming up on my throat, dude. You gotta see, yes, you'll love it. Yeah, you'll find you just Google post in the group. Okay, yeah, just remind me. I saw something, I could be satire today, but I saw where like fucking uh, the Russians just released a shitload of lines to keep people inside their house. That's satire for sure, you (laughs) fucking moron. What do you mean it could be satire? It could be, but it could all because it's Russia. Whoa. <laughs> that sounded crazy. No. It no, came dude. out the back and then the front. <laughs> it really did, dude. <laughs> it's so funny you heard where it came from. <laughs> Damn, first rock. It's like it sounded like some soaps grinding. <laughs> Damn, dude. I need to so like, yeah, soaps, hopped dude. up on a room. Man. That's something you can see me eating at probably. Oh, my God. Some let's soaps, do dude. that. Eating it in soaps, dude? Man, let's get some Just Healy's. eating it, bro. And get some soaps. Dude, try them out. Dude, eating it in wacky 
fake extreme sports is is uh, yeah, that's that is incredible. That's art, dude. Eating it in soaps, dude. Like yeah. just running up and trying to grind something in in in, in, <laughs> in shoes, dude. Grinding in shoes and eating it, and then blaming it on your jinkos. Yeah, eating it though, dude. Just fucking getting wrecked. Oh man, we got to do that. That is art. Dude. I ain't got balance anymore, man. You never had balance. I had great balance. You live in a weird world, man. I used to skate, dude. Hard. No. Hard. No. You didn't. I did. You did not. Okay. <laughs> you gotta stop this, dude. You weren't around. Yeah. Neither was anyone else. Nope. Because I didn't have nobody. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a shred, Kaczynski, dude. Yeah, I didn't do anything like Instead of building bombs, you were just skating, bro. Oh, I did that, too. <laughs> Shred, because it's... I mean, well, I made pop bombs when I was a kid. Oh, fucking A, dude. Did I talk about that on the last one? I'm sure I did. What? Oh, all the bombs I used to make. Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this motherfucker... Just leaving clues, dude, which is a lot of fun. That is a very fun part of the whole thing. Another clue that he did... Uh, is he used Eugene O'Neill $1 stamps to send all of the boxes. He sent one bomb embedded in a copy of Sloan Wilson's novel called Ice Brothers. Whoa, myth. Nah, okay. Well, I was thinking, like, just cold as ice. I was thinking about, like, uh, you fucking, like, go in for the... God damn, it's the fucking ice bros. The close-ass, like, you know how you do the handshake where it closes in on the thumb and the wrist? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but there's ice, like, in right in the little thing for you to snort. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be cool, dude. Love to toot some meth. The FBI theorized that Kaczynski had a theme of nature, trees, and wood in his crimes, which they're not wrong about, but he would kind of gave him a fucking map to the palace because he often included little bits of tree branches and bark in his bombs, and targets that he would select included Percy Wood, and Professor Leroy Wood, clever, right? Yeah. Crime writer Robert Graysmith noted that his obsession with wood was a large factor. And, dude, that's what happens when you got a small one, bro. Wood. You get all fucking wooded out, man. You're like, damn, I wish I had some lumber, but instead I got a twig. I <laughs> wish I had a fucking two-by-four, but I just got a paint-stirring stick. Man. I like the word lumber for it. <laughs> yeah, dude, lumber's a cool word for a hog, dude. Cumber. Like, hey, come on over here and pull out my lumber. <laughs> yeah, man. You lowest me, of the lows. You want me to pull my fucking lumber up? Come out to Lowe's and get the lowest of the low. <laughs> I got, I'll give you fucking contractor prices on my lumber. Man, lumber. <laughs> now, the first bomb that actually work worked where someone got real fucking hurt was in 1985. Seven years later, John Hauser, a graduate student and captain in the U.S. Air Force, lost four fingers and vision in one of his eyes. The bomb, like other bombs Kaczynski sent, was handcrafted, made it with all wooden parts. Hugh Scrutton, who is a 38-year-old Sacramento, California computer store owner, was killed in 1985 by a nail and splinter loaded bomb placed in the parking lot of his store. So what that says to me is that Ted has taken this long to get good at making bombs. But he's tedious. He doesn't give up. 
he keeps working on it, keeps trying to make the ideal explosive to inflict maximum damage upon people. He's getting better and better at it. And there's got to be a certain sense of fucking... What, I mean, what do you think he was like when he finally killed somebody? Do you think that he wanted that? Because up until this point, he hadn't been. I mean, I know he thought of himself as a terrorist, but I'm not 100% sure that initially he actually wanted to kill people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wanted to disrupt. He wanted to intimidate. He, all these people, we talked about this in the first episode, are all in some way connected to an industry that harms the environment. Yeah. All of them. Well, all I'm saying is smithereens doesn't come with anything that's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. fucking nice, you know. You gotta blow them to smithereens. I had somebody, man, on Instagram send me a fucking hilarious goddamn voice thing. It was like, he <laughs> was like trying to do an impersonation of me. And he just goes, suck my dick to smithereens. And oh, I, was, I forgot you said that. That is a good I, one. And dude. I fucking started dying laughing. And then he also said that because of uh, because of us, he calls his wife Bung. And that's like their love, their like kitten names. They're like Bung. They that's good. They just call each other Bungs. <laughs> yeah. Bungus. There is a Bungus of Bungus. Man, my toe's bad. Your toe's acting up? Boy, it's been towed. Man, why are you like this? But what I did was I went and got some wire cutters. That's not true. I'm I stop you there. I did do that. For your toe? Yeah. Why? I went in and clipped it down as far as I could, try to cut out some of the fung. And then I put some of the shit on it. And it, it was working good, man. But man. Oh. <laughs> if I, I would, I'll, I'll take a picture of it later. Don't, dude. Many people want to know. No, they don't. The fung is, I mean, like it's. You know, God damn, dude! Why are you the way you are? I can't help it. I mean, last week we were like planning on what to do when the world ends, but I, dude, I can't. I mean, you know, it's just genetic. I can't go with your feet, dude. I mean, if I have shoes on, my feet don't smell bad. That's what's crazy. You that, would think that's with not the fungus true. that is not true. Have you ever smelled them? Not like up close, but you smell. You think you don't. That's no, the problem. I took a shower, man. You smell. You're the fucking smelliest. <laughs> yeah, when I work in a restaurant. A, yeah, or when you come from the smelliest culture. What is the smelliest culture? Italians. <laughs> you know that's not true. I told your wife to leave you, man. You did? If it gets bad, I, I, I messaged her and go, hey, if it gets bad, don't be around Chris, because we already seen what happens to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. yeah. They're poor kids, dude. Poor fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> the kids don't have a problem with the virus, bro. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, sir, you know, half Italian. What's wrong with you? It's <laughs> like a clogged up referee whistle, man. It's all hooting and tooting, man. I hope the bike picked that up. It, Dude, I almost just passed out. For the fart? I got like a head rush back. Yeah, like a, like a heavy deadlift, well, dude. Well, because I like, yeah, I got squoze real hard, and then I just started laughing, and I don't know what the fuck's God, going on, God, man, bro. this is bad. <laughs> You're right, you ain't coming around me when the shit gets down. Yeah, I know good, dude. The, you fucking slimy piece of shit. Yeah, fucking fuck guy toe, dude. Yeah, man, and it's from you. That's who the fucking. <laughs> I fucking know. I knew it, man. I knew it. I knew. I should have fucking never dipped my fucking foot in it until you pissed in. 
Why would you dip your foot in the toilet? Oh, I can dip, man. <laughs> Party dip rig. <laughs> Fuck, you're a bad, bad person. But I've never done. I can wash my feet the right way, you know. With a toil? <laughs> With yeah. a turlet, dude? He's just fucking blush and it swirls. Nah, dude, you shouldn't be washing. <laughs> dude, you shouldn't be putting paw in turlet. You just put some fucking dish soap in there, dude, and a little bit of bleach, and then let it swirl it. Nobody does that, dude. What do you do with mouthwash? The turlet? Yeah, you... No, 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 no. You put the Listerine in and just swirl it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, toes are like teeth. No? They're, they're the fucking teeth of feet. No? <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, dude. Uh, I like to get them. <laughs> Swirl. I didn't know you were dipping in the fucking turlet. No, I'm not, but I will. All right, man. Yeah, so I just wondered. I wonder, wonder if you really wanted to kill somebody. I guess there would be no surprise. He is he he is trying to inflict maximum terror. He is having fun. He loves being smarter than people. He's trying to fool the cops. He takes a six year break after that one. What are you doing, dude? I got to piss. For real? Yeah. Damn, dude, that's gonna be so loud and annoying. Okay, well, they're going to hear the door open and shit. Whatever, it's fine. I'll just keep doing the right thing and make this fucking flow. Took a six-year break, and then Ted nailed a... Mailed, not nailed. There's nails in the bomb, but he mailed the bomb to David Gelter, a computer science professor at Yale. He was critically injured, but he did not die. He recovered. He was fucked up bad. Fucked up real bad. That same weekend... Ted mailed the bomb to the home of Charles Epstein. Hey, man, I'm going to say this. You can't be too careful of that guy. I mean, this is a problem with conspiracy theory people is who knows how far back this Epstein shit really goes. There could have very well been an elder Epstein that was grooming a younger Epstein and Ted, dude, Ted may have definitely known about the fucking, the facts of the Epstein case, dude. He could have known about Little St. James Island. That could have been a family island. And he may have been trying to put a stop, dude. This dude, this Epstein name really fucking throws, throws a gear in my whole theory. Epstein, and he lived, he was working at the University of California, San Francisco. And when he opened it, he lost several fingers upon opening. Kaczynski then called Gelinter's brother, Joel, who is a behavior geneticist, and told him, you're next. Geneticist Philip Sharp at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology received a threatening letter two years later. In 1994, Burson Marsteller executive Thomas J. Moser was killed. There's another death by a mail bomb sent to his home in North Caldwell, New Jersey. And that one was a fucking mess, dude. Who? You know, that that's probably the one where if you if you were going to feel bad for one of his victims, not that you wouldn't feel bad for any of them, but dude, he opened the shit at his house around his family. His family's fucking chilling and then all of a sudden bam, your dad sprayed everywhere. Crap. Like think about the chaos of being a child. Oh yeah. And a fucking bomb goes off. And then you just have fucking pieces of your dad's lumber on your fucking favorite edge sketch, <laughs> you know? My dad's lumber's in my mouth. <laughs> God, dad's lumber tastes weird. Damn, dude. What a nightmare. 
Um, another letter that he sent to the New York Times, Ted said that he blew up Thomas Moser because his company helped Exxon clean up its public image after the Exxon Valdez incident. And more importantly, because the business is the development of techniques manipulating people's for manipulating people's attitudes. In other words, this guy was basically a PR person and he was so like Ted hated advertising, you know, and I do too. I completely understand it because media is completely based around telling people how to think your dad's a fact. And when they slip in all these messages, like your gay fucking dad, that try to make you think a certain way and feel like your dad's fucking gay, the way that people operate your mind by they get you to listen to something, they get you to watch something with your gay fucking dad, they talk about your gay fucking dad, and they just show TV show with advertisements about how gay your fucking dad is, and then all of a sudden you start to think, like, damn, I really want to know if my dad's fucking gay, and then you ask your fucking gay dad, like, hey dad, why the fuck are you so fucking gay? And then advertising can seep into your life by making you feel like you want these products like a TV to see that your dad's fucking gay on a screen or like a new car to prove that your dad's fucking gay with more horsepower or, you know, like do I need to have a whole family so I can prove to my gay fucking dad that I actually do fuck women. unlike my gay fucking dad. Sure. He fucked your mom, but he's fucking gay. And if you, if you, if your dad watches a commercial from K jewelers, to go buy her an anniversary present to cover the fact that he's fucking gay, then you may never even get to the bottom of the case that you got a gay fucking dad. And they just seep in all these messages and control your mind. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, until you fucking get blown to smithereens and your dad's fucking lumbers in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, dude. Welcome to gay jewelers. Honestly, yeah. Honestly, I mean, we, we've talked about it plenty of times this podcast. This might be the political shit that one listener hates, but I mean, dude, the whole society we live in, all of capitalism, I don't have a problem with, I guess, actually, someone explained it to me a lot better, all of crony capitalism um, is based around getting you to buy shit, putting you in an impulsive state. So a lot of times, emotional TV shows, all the advertising that they decide to put in that are shit that you would, like, impulse buy, like advertisements for candy when you're watching a fucking real tense Law & Order SVU. Yeah. It makes you, like, extra horny for candy because you're like, God damn, what's going to happen? Reese's, peanut butter, your dad's fucking gays, and you're going to go to the store. I'm sad. I want to be happy. Right. And it's just mind manipulation. So he, Ted, in this particular instance, had an example. You don't need to check that right now. Had an example. Oh, thanks. Of, uh, this is what it's like to be married to you. <laughs> had an example of a guy that did PR for the Exxon Valdez company and he spun it around to where they were good people. They were cleaning up after themselves and the guy worked for advertising firms and shit. I'm pretty sure. So Ted knew that that was his line of work is to get people to buy shit and spend things certain ways to make money for people. And that is exactly what he hated. And so, yeah, it sucks. The guy died. You don't, that's not something you deserve to die over, but that is the reason he was trying to make that point. And that was probably his, one of his most vicious murders. In 1995, he murdered Gilbert Brent Murray, who was the president of the timber industry lobbying group, California Forestry Association, got a mail bomb addressed to William Dennison, who was in his position, but had retired. So he opened it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, a professor is smart enough to not open something backdated. This dude just opens a package sent to that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Smooth fucking move, Poindexter. Smooth criminal. And at this point, Ted is is 
down to where he he doesn't want to get caught, but he's got some conditions, right? So 1995, he mailed several letters to media outlets outlining his goals and demanding that his 35,000-word essay called, which his name kind of rocks, Industrial Society and Its Future, which would later be called his manifesto by the FBI, be printed verbatim. Not allowed to make any edits, any changes. It's the way he wanted it by a major newspaper. And he stated that if his demand was met, he would desist from terrorism. And I got a feeling he would have just done it and called it something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, the thing about, like, these kind of people is they're preparing for the end. You know, a a lot of conspiracy people are preparing for the end. There's all this kind of... I mean, right now, I mean, like, these people are fucking like, see, I told you so. No, you yeah. know, and it could be the case, and it couldn't be the case. You know, it's it's just kind of up in the air. But somebody who's like, well, I know this is what they're doing because I've been a part of, like, a government project before. And yes. I'm just trying to change everything and fuck everybody and who gives a shit. This, yes. is what, this is the issue. So he's, like, trying to change it. So terrorism becomes a word that's like, oh, I mean, like, it's, I mean, that's a scary word. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he is intentionally doing terrorism. I mean, we talked about in the first episode, something that I love that he said, which, again, look, I'm not saying he's a great guy, but it's something that he was saying that I love, right? That the basic idea is that you don't need the majority of the people on your side to make a change. What you need is a small amount of people so fucking fired up, so mad that they want something so bad, the small group is willing to take on the big group. Sure. And because of their veracity, the big group will topple. And they fucking probably will because no one wants conflict. Nah. They're not ready for that shit. People don't want conflict until the things that they need are taken away from them. Yeah, and then the thing is, if someone brings it to you, it's already too late. I promise you, with the next couple of weeks, we're gonna. I mean, we're we're in the last part of all these states with this coronavirus shit. No, I mean we're not we're not hit it we're not hit as hard as the other ones are, as far as we know. Oh, okay, I see so, what you're saying. I so what I'm saying, saying like is it's wrapping yeah, up, and like yeah. even even with other countries. So like, watch what happens with other countries. Yeah, I, I think in the next couple of weeks we're gonna start seeing more riots. We're gonna start seeing people that are like, "Fuck this! I'm taking your shit. You're weak." Maybe, you know. I, I've I seen think a lot of that. I and think it could here not be reported on, but yeah, I think here probably more so than ever. You know, we we got guns and people. But are everyone's paranoid. getting everything, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Supplies are back on the shelves. It's it's the illusion, though. You know, that's the thing. That's what's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I figured people would have been panicking way harder already. It's almost more concerning to me that people haven't, like, lashed out as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where is the fucking, you know. But, dude, they fucking threw water on that martial law shit real quick. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. No one else has said shit about it. And they were talking about, like, Trump was talking about quarantining three states and locking people down. And the governors were like, how would we enforce that? It's like, well, you know how you would enforce it, but no one's going to say it, so they can't didn't do, do it. You can't do that in the South. That ain't going to happen. No, because people will fucking lose it, dude. It's like there's so many idiots around, and that's the thing, too, is like we don't know enough. Like, you need a different term. 
But if if you're like, yeah, you I mean the military is going to keep you in your house, dude. That like, man, that's they're doing that in some places. They are doing that in some places. New Jersey's one of them. New York is one of them. Yeah, but it's not like you think it is. Those no, people can no. still get out, go to the grocery store, like. But they're allowed like one family member. But the thing movies. is, is like that. That's much different than them saying. I mean, number one, the words martial law. No one's saying that anymore. And they no. were saying it, which was the part where they're like, shh, man, shut the fuck up. Shut up with that shit. Yeah. But, you know, just saying like, yeah, I mean, the National Guard's here. No one's leaving. Yeah. It, it, like, if that happened in one state where they weren't letting people out to go get shit, it'd be a wrap, dude. Sure. Sure. People would people would just freak out. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's It's the... It's the conspiracy people that want this to happen. And, and most of them are in the South. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, that is like, true. You know, that's Great like, point. That's the thing is, like, you know, I'm, like, what what's it going to... Remember when I said something about people are going to shoot each other or toilet paper? Yeah. Dude, that happened. In the know? South. Yeah, in the South. And so it's like, what do you think is going to happen whenever, like, military hits the streets and we're like, right. you can't, you know... Uh, that's, that's my main concern, a lot of this shit is. But here's the thing people don't understand. Toilet paper... A majority of it is made in Arkansas. Yeah. In the United States. How come we can't get it right now? We live in Arkansas. Fucking supply chain, dude. Supply exactly, chain. Exactly, holding it back. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so check this out. Here's where we're at. We're on this terrorism shit because he's saying he's going to desist from terrorism. And uh, all the things we're talking about, forms of terrorism. But he again, he was intentionally engaging in terrorism because he wanted to motivate a small group of people to take action. It, it, it was, and he was saying that, and that's why he wanted his manifesto out because he. It's not that he wants to be around other people. It's not that he's tired of himself, or he's like, oh, I, I want it to not just be just me anymore. But he's trying to get people to do what he's doing because he really feels like if he could motivate enough people to stand up to what he would consider echo terrorism, and what the corporations would consider what he's doing as echo terrorism. If he can stand up against that and get other people to stand up against that, well, maybe they can make a significant change with fear by putting fear into people. Uh, big controversy by the newspapers as to whether or not they should be publishing that essay. Uh, Attorney General Janet Reno <laughs> and FBI Director Louis Free, they recommended that one of these people fucking publish it out of concern for public safety and hope that the reader could identify the author. Both two good points. One, the first good point where they're saying, at a public safety, he's probably not going to keep his word. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just wants that shit published. I, if he got away with it, still, it's not like he's... I highly doubt that that motherfucker would have ever stopped. I think he would have... I mean, he may have ridden off to the sunset, but again, he's got a wild ego, so that he likes doing it, you know? Yeah. He's going to keep going. He's, just imagine... You know, like Shaq, if they're like, all right, Shaq, if he's like, y'all, let me say the one thing I want to say, and I'm going to stop talking forever. And he's like, fuck these white people. He, they, that wouldn't be it for Shaq. He can't no. stop talking. Nope. He rocks. I'm not talking about shit on Shaq. I'm just awesome. trying to think of a hilarious example. Hey, Shaq is one of the funniest people oh, I love him. I love Shaq. I mean, I'm trying to think of. He's a Freemason. Is that true? Yeah, he is. For real. Hey, man, I'm going to make it to this level 15 right here. <laughs> we going to walk through the sands. But what does that really mean, Y'all you know? Y'all going to my ass. Dude, he is. And also an incredible rapper. No. He's incredible. No, he's not, dude. He's incredible. He's not a good rapper. The only song of his I like is, Hey, Kobe, tell me how my ass tastes. Exactly. Yeah. He's incredible. 
mean, for that one line, rocks pretty hard. That's some good shit. R.I.P. Kobe, I guess, dude. But that's yeah. that's what I always remember remember Kobe Bryant for. Tasted Shaq's ass via his ex girlfriend. Oh, man, that's so cool, dude. Dude, I think we already talked about this before, but I could just still, they'll never, anytime this comes up, I just think about someone eating Shaq's ass. Like having seen having seen Shaq's feet, dude, and like how fucking giant Shaq is, just someone, dude. Like the lady that played Freddie's mom when Freddie got fingered. Yeah. Her eating his ass. Because that's the first time you see his feet. Right. And you're like, oh. Whoa. <laughs> anybody eating Shaq's ass is crazy. Yeah. This sure just had some fucking bug teeth on the, for a toenail. Yeah. Yeah, you got, you can't talk, dude. That's what I'm saying, though. Those are teeth for your feet. <laughs> they protect you. Mm. They protect the gums. They protect the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Gums? <laughs> yeah, dude. Whoa. <laughs> what a wild way to view your fucking teeth, dude. Orthodontist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Janet Reno, which all I can think about is her fucking Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell shit. She's like, hey, Bill, what's going on? Like, we make phone calls and bust through walls and shit. Yeah. Very funny. Um, And, you know, of course, the whole Waco, Texas thing. And I think that's what she's afraid of here, too. She's like, we gotta do something for public safety. And we'll identify him with this. Uh, Bob Guccione of Penthouse uh-huh. volunteered to publish it, which fucking rocks. But yep. Ted replied that Penthouse was less respectable than other publications. And I love that that's the only way he framed it. He's not like, it's Wait, what do you think, man? Because he's jacking, dude. Yeah, he's jacking, but think about it. What was that guy's last name? Guccione? Yeah. What is that? Italian? Yep. Can't be trusted. That's True. a trusted publication. 100% fact. You know, this entire fucking podcast is based on the things you read. Can't be trusted. Shut up, dude. Because you're Italian. <laughs> I'm fucking, not Italian. Queen you were Italian. It's so stupid, you're, dude. Man. You're a fucking idiot. I've never seen Chester on a motherfucker like you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Except for Italians. Dude, your chest is as hairy as mine. If not hairy, you just mm. shave your chest. I haven't been shaving it. You know, I'm not sworn enemy level chest hair. <laughs> you know? I just haven't shaved... The only time I ever shaved my chest was to get a chest tattoo. Yeah, and but how long ago? But was here's that? what I this think: is like, this is like 13 years of chest hair. If you listen to the song "Sworn Enemy," "Sworn Enemy," yeah. by, you know what I'm saying? He goes, "The terror, not 11." Yeah, like your hairs curl up to nines and 11s on your chest. No, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm just saying, like that's the terror. It's Italians. I'm good riddance. I'm not Italian, dude. You're going, dude. You're I, I mean, good. Like my wife was like six feet of distancing, and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, fuck. Chris is Italian. It's like twelve <laughs> feet of distancing, and I'm wearing a fucking truck. I'm dead. Yeah, you're gonna go too. I'm ready, man. I don't give a shit. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Penthouse is not quite as respectable as Ted would like. He did say. That he would reserve the right to plant one and only one bomb intended to kill after our manuscript has been published. And that's another thing, too, is that he is pretending like he's got a whole fucking army of, of anarchists behind him. Ooh, yeah. He's saying, like, the, the symbol, the uh, initials that he's sinking in are the fucking the gang that he rolls with. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, there's a whole fucking squad of anarchists ready to roll at the beckon of Timothy McVeigh. Maybe. You know, they, who's not to believe it at this point? Because 
there is a lot. There, there is like a heightened shit where people are doing sit-ins, blocking bulldozers from running over trees. I feel like Timothy McVeigh would probably have way more people than. Yeah, I don't Ken. know why I said McVeigh. That's the same shit. He's yeah, because well, he's up. a fucking. He's bombing them. His bomb worked. He blew people up. Yeah. That guy's got a way higher count. I feel like the FBI blew people up in that. That's very possible. I feel like that situation. Very, very possible, my friend. Very, very possible. Yeah, so he. what's funny is that he still reserves the right to blow up one more person. Like, that's his rules now. Like, look, you fucking do it, but I'm still, just let me get, I'm going to get one more on you. So the New York Times and Washington Post both published the essay on September 19th, 1995. And again, this is his straight-up manifesto. He wrote the document on a typewriter uh, without italics. He capitalized... What are you doing, dude? It's so bright. I'm sorry. I just want to make sure it's still working. Sure it's going, dude. Paranoid? Yeah, I don't want to... I wonder if it's quiet, dude. It seems like the fucking volume has gone way down, but I'm no, still talking... No, because you switched it over to the other thing. Yeah, okay. I hope it's good. It's good. I mean, it's good. It's better. You know, it could be better, but sorry, guys. I feel like the sound drives me crazy. I want a perfect sound, but here we are. I feel like you just want an episode. To correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you guys deserve an episode. You're bored in your house. Yeah. It's been good so far, or are we fucking it up? No, it's been great. Okay, perfect. I'm drunk as shit. Everything's good. Yeah. Well, who knows? I hope you guys are liking this. Um... Me and Andy put a lot of time into it, buddy's hanging out. <laughs> uh, the Unabomber is important to me, though, so I'm trying to make sure I'm not getting too off on shit and that we're following. We're getting the information out there. We're getting the opinions out there. I like how your chuckle shup is like the beginning of a corn. Like a corn on the cob? Yeah. Yeah. Even the lines on the audio, because no one else will get that. No, yeah, yeah. We're looking at the audio on the laptop right now. There's something just jumped up on the car. Maybe it's a lion. It's a cat. Yeah, dude. It's a tiger. I, I bought one for 2000 bucks. Uh, yeah, so look. He wrote this on a typewriter. Real, real crazy dude shit. You know, he capitalized the entire thing to show that he's pumped up about all of it. He always refers to himself as we or the Freedom Club, which was his crew, which is such a funny thing to fucking call it. All right, you guys are card-carrying members of the Freedom Club. We're free to get all the pussy we want. We're not going to get it, but you're free to do so. Okay, It's a lot like the culture club. First rule of Freedom Club is share the pussy with Ted, okay? It's like Boy George. Yeah. The culture club. club. We get all the pussy we want, but we don't want any of it. That's true. (laughs) He wants it, though. Now, there is no evidence that he worked with others, and I don't believe that he did. You know, I think that just the the way I've noticed, I don't think he would have kept a secret. You think so? I mean, you didn't have anybody else. With him. You think that he didn't ever go into town to get stuff? He definitely had to go to like a fucking auto junkyard to go get. You know, you have to talk to those people when you enter. Yeah, I don't think he had a co-conspirator. But I a, think, but I think that he was so clean cut when he because he would clean up when he wanted to do things. Sure, I think he was so clean cut and so isolated and shit. Because remember, the people that talked to him. They said that he was distant, but real nice and easy to talk to. So, so he kept secrets. Yeah, maybe so. You could, you got a good point there, but I don't think he was working with anybody, man. I don't think there was a freedom club. I think it was all Ted. Yeah. I mean, it's smart on his part to say we. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because they could be looking for other people. And they were. 
and an academic Donald Wayne Foster analyzed the writing at the request of Ted's defense team, and he noted that it contains irregular spelling and hyphenation and other linguistic idiosyncrasies, which led him to conclude that Kaczynski, Kaczynski was the author of uh, the, the paper after he was arrested. So they had more things of Kaczynski's to judge it against. And he realized the way he talks, the things he says, how he does things in a particular way, it could have been no one else. His manifesto began with Ted's assertion, the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. True. He writes that technology has had a destabilizing effect on society. It has made life unfulfilling and has caused widespread psychological suffering. True. He argues that most people spend their lives engaged in useless pursuits because of technological advances. He calls these surrogate activities, wherein people strive towards artificial goals, including scientific work, consumption of entertainment, and following sports teams. And that's all true. That's true. All of that shit's a complete fucking waste of time, and we can't stop ourselves. Well, and it goes back to science too, man. So you like, you're from a place that has like a significant NFL team. Yeah, but but the thing is, is like all sports mimic fucking war. There's two sides. Yeah, and they have like they like whenever somebody's like, "Oh, you got to do this play." That's a fucking like military formation for that sport, and that's why there's also a fucking band playing some drums and shit. Yeah, because they did that before they would go into war. Right. You know, so. Well, yeah, but it's all a distraction. Sure. It's all a fucking waste of time. It still hits that fit that nerve as humans. Right. Though, you know? Sure. It's like we crave war. But, yeah, I mean, what he's getting at, <laughs> just to, I don't feel like anyone, um, well, he'll, he'll, let's just use Ted words. He predicted that further technological advances will lead to extensive human genetic engineering and that human beings will be adjusted to meet the needs of social systems rather than vice versa. He believes that technological progress can be stopped, unlike people who understand technology's negative effects yet passively accept it as inevitable. He calls for a return to wild nature, and that's why he would love a pandemic. Ted argues that the erosion of human freedom is a natural product of of an industrial society because the system has to regulate human behavior closely in order to function and that the reform of the system is impossible because changes large enough to make lasting difference in favor of freedom would not be initiated because it would be realized that they would gravely disrupt the system. A hundred percent fucking fact. Look, if you believe it or not, you you, ha- you do have to know as a human being, if you've had any type of taste of anything outside of your normal life, it's the way that the world is built. If you've ever been frustrated, it's so hard to get out of the situation you're in. You know, if you're poor, it is impossible to get out of being poor. If you're fucking, you know, behind, if you, if you want to make a change in your neighborhood, just try to get 20 people together and think the same way as you. All these things are impossible, and especially now. I mean, technologically, I, I feel like Ted could have imagined smartphones and shit like that, 
but that's his worst fear. And a lot of the fear makes sense because I really feel like people are dumb, including me. I mean, we're just dumbed down so much by this shit. Well, people fucking like will post an article on Facebook and not even read the whole fucking thing and go, see, I told you. Or any of it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They just like see that and they go, this is that, you know, that is something that I think that. And what also his whole, his whole point is that this is to take away freedom. I mean, to chain you, I need this. I need that. I have to work a meaningless job. I have to do all the shit that I hate in order to be able to pay for my cell phone, be able to pay for my cable. Uh, he is right that none of that shit matters at the end of the day. 100% fact. You don't need these things. It's something you want. But why do you want it? You know? Yeah. Because you're supposed to want it. Why are you supposed to want it? Because you're told to. Because you're told to. Because you need to be a part of the hive. You need to be a part of 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 the loop you want to be in on things even if you're different even if you're a rebel even if you're against the grain like you know me and buddy both are very stubborn we're still caught in the same trap guys we're no i'm not saying i'm better than you we fell for it too the question is how do you get out it's goddamn impossible goddamn impossible and that is what we're fucking warned about i mean how frustrating is that i mean do you just think about what would happen with this shit going on right now, if we lost the internet, how many days until people just completely lose it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. And it's a system that we don't need. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the like the the need, or really the want, feels like a need, and that's the problem. It's like you like you don't need this shit. You don't need like if you if you turn your fucking phone off and you go hike in the woods. Right now. It'll feel great. You will feel so good about everything. You don't have to worry about checking your phone or who called you. You could give a shit less, man. I remember whenever I just had landline, man, as a kid, you know? It was yeah. like you had to call somebody and talk to them yeah, on the phone. Yeah, you were like the last holdout on cell phones. Yeah, dude, because it was like all oh, fucking, I live with old people, you know? Yeah. But, like, that's the thing is, like, there was only one person could use those fucking phones. Right. Now you're everybody's on the phone. Everybody's taking video of themselves doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It really doesn't matter. But then deep down, it's like, even for me, I want to do that. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, we're making a podcast. We do YouTube videos. Like, we want to be seen and heard. I mean, we're we're involved. But at the same time, it's like, at what cost are we ingrained into this shit? Because I like interacting with humans. I like talking to you guys. I like making connections and, and, uh, you know, being able to use my opinions to, to help and to start conversations and to make people have a place to belong. And I want all those things too. It's just that the evil side of it, there is good definitely that comes out of social media. There is good definitely that comes out of shit like podcasting. I mean, it's great to have everyone listening around and, and be able to talk and have groups and shit like that. But at the same time, dude, I mean, just listen to the rest of this because you got to think this is in the 90s when he's putting this out, right? He sees this is where Ted goes on to say that the system has not yet fully achieved control over human behavior, but it is currently engaged in a desperate struggle to overcome certain problems over human behavior quickly enough. It will be. It will probably survive the technology, he says, 
is what he's referring to survive. Otherwise, it will break down. And that the issue will most likely be resolved within the next several decades, say 40 to 100 years. Again, this is the 90s. He states that the task of those who oppose industrial society is to promote social stress and instability and to propagate an ideology that opposes technology, one that offers the counter-ideal of nature in order to gain enthusiastic support. A revolution against technology may be possible when an industrial society is sufficiently unstable. So, use an event like a pandemic or terrorism to show people, like if the internet went down, be like, hey, you really didn't need that shit, you know? Yeah. But, uh... But instead they use that shit to make you do things like, you know, don't go to the gym. Uh, hoard toilet paper. Hoard toilet paper. Because uh, all that happened with toilet paper, dude, is basically you go. You people probably buy depending on how much toilet paper you buy. I mean, we probably get it like once every two weeks, if that. So it depends on how big. Sometimes once a month we buy a huge thing of it. Yeah. And so once this shit started happening, people said they. I don't think people even tried to hoard shit at first. They were just like, "Oh, it could be a weird week." Let's go ahead and get our grocery shopping done. Everyone did that all at once. When everyone did that at once, they bought things that they know they're going to need. Just, I don't think, again, no hoarding. They just bought it. And because people bought it, the store shelves were empty for that brief amount of time. And then people started posting pictures of that. And once those pictures got online, then people freaked out. Like, what do you mean? We can't buy this. We can't buy beans. We can't buy toilet paper. And flooding and flooding that shit. Every time they saw it pop onto the shelf... When no one really fucking needs it, it's just an example of social engineering because it puts you into a panic state. It makes you buy more. You know, you have an emotional attachment now to getting certain items at the store. But, dude, I haven't not been able to buy. I've been in there and there's been no toilet paper on the shelf, but they've got boxes that they're opening up and you can just get it. Like, I've, I haven't really missed out on much. Yeah. It's just... And, and I'm not, I don't think this pandemic, I'm not an idiot. I don't think this pandemic is a manufactured conspiracy, but I think that there's definitely elements that will take advantage of it. And a lot of that is marketing, making you feel an emotional response to all this shit. Because why do you think it's gloom and doom 24 seven? I mean, whatever news outlet you listen to, it's a bleak outlook. And it's like, it's just all centered around consumerism. Yeah. Do you remember the last time you felt this way, though? Like, the way things are now? No. I do. I mean, 9-11. 9-11? I was too young to care. Yeah, I mean, but I just remember, like, I skipped school. I was like, I'm sick. I didn't want to, you know, it, like, it happened that day, and my grandpa's pulling guns out and cleaning yeah, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he's like, I'm going to show you how to shoot these. Yeah. You know, he's like, see, we're at this level of terrorism. We're at level red right now. Yeah, we got to get back down to orange. You know, and then, and then it was like, fuck. <laughs> And even in my, like, seventh grade mind, you know, it was like, shit, we better buy a bunch of stuff. You know, like, you guys have money, you better go buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that shit happened, too. Like, people bought up all kinds of shit, because they didn't know. Just freaking out, man. Because you're freaking. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, but then, you know, on t- just that people will take advantage of your adrenaline. Sure. And I think that's what we're looking at. And I think that's exactly what Ted, one of the things that he was against, but also because he understood how it works, he wanted to use it for his favor, cause disruption, and then show people what he would consider the right way. Now, throughout his manifesto, Ted addressed left-wing politics as a movement. He defines leftists as mainly socialists, collectivists, politically correct types, feminists, gay, and disability activists, animal rights activists, and the like. He states that leftism is driven primarily by feelings of inferiority and over-specialization and decries leftism as one of the most widespread manifestations of the craziness of our world. He additionally states that a movement that exalts nature and opposes technology must take a resolutely anti-leftist stance and must avoid all collaboration with leftists. Because, you know... That is what, if you thought about a liberal, especially the 90s, that's what you would think of. Yeah. Is is a lefty. A fucking soft, what they would call now a soy boy, you know? Sure. And so he's speaking out against leftism, which, you know, that, that leads some people to think that he was a white supremacist. I don't think so. But he, he basically, what's crazy is like, he's not a fucking socialist. It's like, what exactly do you want, friends? But he is, like, basically, I guess, a fucking dork libertarian, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't want capitalism. So he's, he's torn. Torn in a lot of places. So, But he he has to decry the left because he does. that's a lot of the people that would be inside of his fan base. So he really thinks he could talk people out of that shit. Um, Again, he decries leftism as one of the most widespread manifestations of craziness in our world. That's a bold statement. Um, don't I mean you? Would th- but yeah, that's something he has to speak out against because that is like if you think of a fucking you would think of like Ralph Nader back then, you know. And who's that fucking lady that tried to run against Roseanne that had all the crystals and shit for oh, the Green I Party? Don't even fucking. Know. <laughs> Remember when Roseanne was going to run for president in the Green Party? Whew. Yeah. That rocks. Well, she she don't even eat greens. Oh, well, she's a farmer, dude. Oh, is she? Yeah, she <laughs> has a macadamia farm, bro. Yeah. Why do I know that? God damn it. <laughs> well, she only has macadamias for macadamia white chocolate chip cookies. That's true. That could be very true. Yeah, she's a Subway cookie maker, dude. Yeah. She looks like a Subway cookie. Um, his, <laughs> his view of leftism is that leftism is a long run inconsistent, is a long run inconsistent with a wild nature, human freedom, and with the elimination of modern technology. He also criticizes conservatives, describing them as fools who whine about the decay of traditional values, yet they enthusiastically support technological progress and economic growth. His manifesto was met with much sympathy. Alton Chase reported in The Atlantic that the text was greeted in 1995 by many thoughtful people as a work of genius, or at least profoundly and quite sane. UCLA political science professor James Wilson 
was mentioned in the manifesto, he wrote in the New Yorker that the manifesto was a carefully reasoned, artfully written paper. They said, if it is the work of a madman, then the writings of many political philosophers are scarcely more sane. So, yeah. powerful. Well, yeah, but the thing, I think the thing is, he's like talking about eliminating the right and the left, where he's just like, we're all just the same people. But I think that's the point he's trying to make. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I, th- I think that he definitely does want to deteriorate political philosophy. I mean, politics, again, it's just another manipulation. Sure. It's like, we don't, at this point in society, as freely as information travels, what makes people think that we need someone in charge? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean, like, you, that's the thing with cops is, like, people think, that, like, morally we couldn't handle ourselves. Be able to, like, you no. know. But it's like if we were a community of people, right? We're, we're a community by community base. We have no leadership. We're just functioning as a community. You know, let's say you've got... 200 people in your in your community. There's no need for somebody to tell the 200 people what to do. The the community would act upon itself. It's like if somebody started like sexually harassing the women, they would get driven out or, you know, killed. Killed. You know, even so it's like that's the whole thing is is with the evil child molesters is like cops work for that justice system. Yeah. Those people get off the easiest in a lot of ways. Yeah. Whereas if you were, like, a, if people talk shit about tribalism. If you were in a tribal culture, those people don't get to live. No, they have to die. They ha- they can't because they, they taint everything inside that culture. Right. They have to go. They've used and abused everything in that that structure yeah. to be able to abuse kids. So they, they have to die. Right. So it's like that. That's the problem is like we could as a moral society is if you decided to team up with people, you could do that, you know, and be able to cure whatever problems there were. Yeah, but you th- see, it, that is the enemy of politics. Sure. That's the enemy of bureaucracy. I mean, and but that's true freedom. So when you hear freedom, we're, we're not free at all. Not even close. And, you know, it's and that's not a political opinion. I'm not espousing my political ideology. I'm simply stating facts, man. It's just we're governed. Yeah. How does governed equal freedom? Well, because you have to have a marketplace so the people on top can make their 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 funding, you know? So that's the, the issue is like if you're in tribal culture, that's why you barter. That's why you like there's something somebody else needs. Can you do this woodworking shit for me if I do this for you? It doesn't make you sense know? that it's not like that because we've I mean e- how how has no one seen, you know, with the la- with like the, you know, two trillion dollar approvals and shit that money is not real? It drives me crazy. Well, it's gonna, they're gonna take it out of your taxes, which is a fake law. Money's not fucking real. It drives me crazy. No. Um, so because of the materials that he that Ted used to make the mail bombs. The suspect was labeled the junkyard bomber by U.S. postal inspectors, which is a rocket. That is a literal federal law enforcement agent. Postal inspectors. They initially, they initially, goddamn, they initially had. You gotta stop doing that, dude. Why do you do that? To make sure. 
It's running fine. Quit touching the screen. I'm, I'm fucking going blind, dude. I can't look at my screen anymore. Everyone wants to hear you talk about you going blind. Why is it getting quieter, too? I, what the fuck's going on? It's not. I'm going crazy. Well, you should have just left it alone, man. I was fine. It ain't turned the volume down, dude, on it. Come on, man. I'm turning it up. Turn it up. I didn't turn it down. I'm cranking it. Okay. I think it's going to be fine, though. Lord hopes. Uh, yeah, that's a fucking bright screen, dude. We're supposed to be destroying technology right now, buddy, not embracing it by turning it back on. Well, I have a problem. With the you're an asshole? No, I'm an American. That's not free, dude. You're sucked in by. And I'm proud to be an American where Chris can get mad in his beef. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so the U.S. Postal Inspector is a real federal law enforcement agency. They had responsibility for the case because the shit was going through the mail, brother. Uh, the investigation was run by 125 agents on continuing from the FBI and the ATF. They knew that they were looking for a highly intelligent male holding possibly many degrees in academia, specifically the harder sciences. There was a $1 million reward for anyone who could provide information leading to the Unabomber's arrest. Before the publication of the manifesto, Ted's brother David was encouraged by his wife to follow up on suspicions that Ted was the Unabomber. David was completely dismissive at first, of course, because who would think that their fucking glimmerick riding incel cabin in the woods dwelling minimalist technology hating off the grid fried by acid and the government brother could be the Unabomber? No fucking way, dude. Not my bro. Um, he began to take the likelihood more seriously after he read the manifesto a week after it was published in September of 1995. He searched through old family papers and found letters dating to dating the 1970s that Ted had sent to some newspapers to protest the abuse of technology using similar and almost exactly the same phrasing as his manifestos. So, of course, he has had the same ideologies. He's been riding the same way. He uses goofy fucking language that a brother would definitely fucking know about. So the FBI was occupied with leads chasing around what they could try to figure out. They had no clue that Ted was behind it. None. Zero. Ted's brother, David, ended up hiring a private investigator, Susan Swanson, in Chicago to monitor Ted's activities discreetly. He also hired a defense lawyer for Ted because he didn't want this to be another Ruby Ridge or Waco. Yeah, right. The fact of the matter is, is that when Ted's brother read that manifesto and knew that there was a million dollar reward, this is again what I hate about that Netflix documentary, because you could smell it all, man. He wanted that million fucking bucks. Hell yeah. If there would not have been a reward, I do not think, even if he knew for a certainty Ted did it, I do not think he would have turned him in. Doesn't seem like that at all. He does seem, in the thing remorseful and apprehensive remorseful for turning him in he seemed like he was apprehensive about turning him in and then he gets his like heroic grandstand where he goes on about how it was up to him to save innocent lives from being crushed by ted and his bombs however he had some very similar beliefs to ted from being around him yeah he knew his brother was a genius he was charismatic he had talked him into i mean the dude lives in a tiny house now out in the fucking woods with no running water. He just is kind of a fucking snake and his wife controls his life 
So they wanted that million bucks. Yeah. And he fucking got it, you know? Uh, and so he went ahead and hired a lawyer. That is a guilt move. Like, oh, I'm going to have this money. I can pay for it, whatever, no problem. FBI agents arrested Ted on April 3rd, 1996 at his cabin where he was found in a very unkempt state. But also from watching that latest Netflix documentary, uh, he would do that on purpose. He would clean himself up and then he would get all crazy looking because he wanted people to stay away from him. Sure. When he wanted, when he knew he had to interact with people, he didn't go looking all fucking crazy unless he wanted to appear that way. So people didn't ask him questions. If it, it, that's, you know, back to what you're saying about him going to a junkyard and buying parts and them talking to him. If he showed up all unkempt and disheveled, they didn't talk to him. Sure. He looked like a fucking hobo. Yeah. So he, he was very fucking smart like that. Very smart with the way he looked. Very smart with his planning of everything. A search of his cabin. Don't. A search of his <laughs> cabin revealed a cache of bomb building components. 40,000 handwritten journal pages. That is long. His motherfucker is long-winded, if nothing else. Speaking of long-winded. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just crave it right back in your fucking face. Yeah, it's my fart, dude. I like the way it smells. I like the way it feels. I like the way it sounds. And I Would like you the way eat it your smells. own ass? Would I eat my own ass? Yeah. Nah, probably not. Yeah, then why'd you just do it? <laughs> That's not the same thing at yeah, all. it is. No, 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 no. 40,000 handwritten pages of journal. And that, in the journal, he had written his pipe bomb-making experience, what went right, what went wrong, charts, plans to make new ones, descriptions of the Unabomber crimes, and one live bomb that was ready to be mailed. They also found what appeared to be the original typed manuscript of his manifesto, and by this point, the Unabomber had been the target of the most expensive investigation in FBI history. So they're miffed. Miffed? Yeah, man, they're PO'd. Miffed. A federal grand jury indicted Ted in April 1996 on 10 counts of illegally transporting, mailing, and using bombs and three counts of murder. His lawyers attempted to get him an insanity plea, but the court said, fuck no, because it would ruin the point he was... I'm sorry, not the court. Damn it, I ruined it. Just like I just ruined it. Ted said, fuck no, because it would ruin the point he was trying to make. And that's completely right. He didn't want it to go to waste. He wasn't insane. He was completely sane, and he 100% believed in what he was doing. Was he insane a little bit? Yeah, dude. I mean, they said that he was schizophrenic. And on top of that, the government fried his fucking melon, brother. Sure. And that does not come up in court at all. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy that that wasn't the main case, is that they fried him with acid. That is an important fucking factor in all of this. And, you know, Your Honor, I would like to introduce the fact that my client received absolutely no pussy. I would like to call to the stand Ted's virginity. Now, Ted's virginity, why did you keep my man from getting a taste of sweet pussy? It could have solved this whole thing. He received eight life sentences without the possibility of parole. Uh, ADX Florence, which was a supermax prison in Florence, Colorado. 
When asked in 1999 if he was afraid of losing his mind in prison, Kaczynski replied, No. What worries me is that I might, in a sense, adapt to this environment and come to be comfortable here and not resent it anymore. And I am afraid that as the years go by that I may forget. I may begin to lose my memories of the mountains and the woods, and that's what really worries me that I might lose those memories and lose that sense of contact with wild nature in general. But I am not afraid they are going to break my spirit. Damn, dude. My man loved the tree. Yeah. In 2016, it was reported that early in his imprisonment, Ted had befriended Ramsey Yusuf and Timothy McVeigh, the perpetrators of the 1993 World Trade bombing and the Oklahoma City bombing respectively. Bomb gang, dude. I'm with the shit. Blow that pussy up. And the, look, these are all nerds, dude. The, look, these three guys were not getting pussy. No. Not Rami Yusuf, not fucking Timothy McVeigh, absolutely not fucking. Teddy C, K, we know for a fact he wasn't fucking. There's no sex between the three of them. They discussed religion and politics and formed a friendship which lasted until McVeigh's execution in 2001. That was a real freedom club right there, dude. Yeah. That's the FC that he always wanted. Yeah. The Bomb Boys. In 2012, Kaczynski responded to the Harvard Alumni Association's direct inquiry for the 15th reunion of the class of 1962. He listed his occupation as prisoner and his high life sentences as his awards. Currently, people don't know this shit. Ted Kaczynski, still alive right now, 77 years old, has not died yet. Wow. But you don't hear from him because you don't, they, you, they can't, you can't, you know? Yeah. He's, he, you know? Man, you know, he fucking could have been a, he could have been Varvikernis, man. No, dude, no. <laughs> no. No, Ted's too smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark's pretty fucking dumb. I mean, he could have just been... Like, he could have had a YouTube channel. Yeah. He could have done some one-man black metal projects, you know? <sighs> well, dude... I love the nature. It's all problematic, and I don't want to leave everybody thinking that he's, like, a, you know, glorious hero, because, number one, at the end of the day, dude, like, I'm not a fucking nature freak. It's just that the happy medium of all this is we gotta spend less time on technology... And more time worrying about physical, tangible things that we can control, in my opinion. I'm no I'm no one to tell you what to do. But I really feel like if you'll put your phone down and look, dude, I've got I talked about when we first when we were recording this podcast at our old producer's house, I remember bringing it up. Like I've gotten my screen time on my phone down to six hours. It, I'm at two and a half now. Yeah. I do not fuck around on this shit all day anymore and I feel so much better it's so hard to focus and like if you're especially if you're going through some mental shit it just pulls you away from it and nothing ever gets dealt with you I mean really sometimes you just have to eliminate distractions and face your problems head on sure and what a great time to do it right now all these people are quarantining themselves with their families and do whatever like take the time to spend time with your family, to learn how to, like, teach your kids how to cook. Enrich your life. You know, do something awesome with them. And then, like, if, if things do go haywire and they try to use technology against you, it's like, dude, no, I mean, like, I spent the best time with my family. We did all this shit. Yeah. Use it against them. 
you know, let's let's all come together. And if you watch kids with with technology, man, I mean, it's insane. They're already integrated with it. Yeah, and it's got and that's got to be partly genetic, you know. But anyway, I hate to fucking harp about the same shit any anymore. That is the story of the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski. There, you know, he's half and half, dude, because a lot of his points hit home with me hard. I think technology is our downfall. I also, like Ted, believe we could overcome it and there's a way out and that we can still coincide with the technology that we have, but we don't really need any more. It's, all, it's yeah, only going to lead to worse and worse. Yep. So let's, uh, let's put the brakes on technology. Try to connect with people in real life. And if you want to connect with us with technology, no problem there. I'm not shaming you. We like to talk to you. So any social media, it's so funny to plug social media after talking about this shit. Sure. Very hilarious. This is the beauty of hypocrisy. Uh, yeah, if you want to get with us on any social media, hit us with five-star iTunes reviews. Even if you got something shitty to say, you got a critique, way more apt to listen to it if you leave it with a five-star review. Because if I see a one-star, it just pisses me off. So there's no reason for that because we're small, we're independent, we do work hard. you got to admit that. And uh, salute to Andy, salute to Buddy, salute to our friend Brian, who's uh, down and out, but we're still chugging away, and he'll definitely make this audio sound better than I could. So, uh, yeah, just thank everyone that you're around, man. Be thankful for the people in your life, and take this time where you're down and out to, to improve things, you know? Get physically active. Clean your fucking house. Just do things that you would normally not be doing if you had to work all the time. Don't get sucked in of the allure of staring at a screen all day. You're better than that. And if you're not better than that, you're not a bad person at all. We all fall victim to the same shit over and over again. We're no, we're no better than you. I'm just giving you some healthy suggestions because I wish you the best. I appreciate you listening, and uh, I hope things are going well for you, and I hope that the paranoia hasn't set in. You don't feel like we're all going to die. We're absolutely not. We're going to pull through this thing, and uh, we're going to be better prepared next time because we can at least see... If it, it'd be so easy to have something way worse than this happen, and we gotta know that no one's looking out for you. So now you gotta look out for yourself, right? Yep. All right. We'll see you on the next one, guys. What song did you pick for this again? I forgot. Uh, Macabre Unabomber. Macabre Unabomber. Hell yeah! All right. Well, we do love you guys, and we'll see you on the very next episode of DMD. Yeah.